Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Why, good midday to you, sir. It's approaching noon. But which noon? Twelve or one? We'll never what? say. There's different people who consider noon to be one or twelve. Well, they're, they're wrong. What, when is noon? Twelve. That's why they say twelve noon. No, you say one. That's noon. Twelve is twelve, that's midday. Oh no, I've given the game away. You're wrong. Oh, no way, no <laughs> way. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts. This is JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where today we are talking about Heavy Weather Part 2, which is the 31st episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6, Stone Ocean. It's a banger. By Hirohiko Araki. It's a depressing And David banger. Production. <gasps> Lucky Land Productions. Lucky Land. Uh, it covers another complicated array of chapters. <laughs> chapters 721 through 723 mm-hmm. of the manga, in addition to pages 3 and 5, sorry, uh, 3, 4 and 5 of chapter 727. Okay. That's a four chapter break there. Okay. And page 2 of chapter 728. Why did we skip... Basically 20 pages of a chapter. Well, Nick, as you know, um, what? Didn't you say it was 345 of 727? Yeah. And then page 4 of 728? Yes. So, like, that's missing, like, 20 pages of one of the chapters. Yes, and also four chapters between... Yeah, but that's... that's uh, Whatever. <laughs> Seems like an odd thing to drill down on. Uh, I would wager, Nick, if you cast your mind back to the events of this episode, or cast your mind forward to the recap of what we're about to do, mm-hmm. uh, that... The big chunk of chapters is probably the flashback. The four pages is probably uh, Anasuian weather report. And the one page is probably Jolene and Co. Oh yeah, true. True. The structure of the episode. It all comes together. Mm. Mm. Editorial decisions in adaptation. As best exemplified in Nicolas Cage's Magnum Opus adaptation. (laughs) Hey, speaking of being adapted. Yes. Did you know that we have a Patreon? What? That's right. A Patreon? A Patreon. A Patreon patron in 2023. I thought they all died out. No, see, that was the patrons. I don't know what this is, but that's it. Lean in, lean in. Okay, patron. We have a new patron, Liam. A patron who is, uh, I want to say, editorially competent. That's about it I can say about them, I'm assuming. I can't go much deeper than that. Skip to the end. And it's... Mary-Kate Donovan. Mary-Kate Donovan. No relation to Ashley Donovan. What is there, Sir Olsen? Okay. I I solved it. Uh, Mary-Kate Donovan. That name has a particular cadence. Uh, Hi, my name's Mary-Kate Donovan. I'm getting sort of like... Pinoir energy. Say again? (laughs) Pinoir energy. What's Pinoir? Like a wine? Like a Pinoir? Uh, Pinot Noir. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I was like... You know how there's like... um, Icelandic noir is very popular. Icelandic noir? Yeah. Is that like, like a genre? genre? Yeah. It's like and there's and there's like J-pop and things like that. Oh, I was like, yeah, where's yeah. P- Polish noir maybe? <laughs> Pinoir? Ah <laughs> uh, yes, Pinoir. Love a good bit of Polish noir. Mm. Everyone there's just kind of having a Pierogies. fine time, you know. It's not really a huge party. I was going but... to say yeah. the name gives me girl detective vibes. Ooh, like Veronica Mars. Exactly. Or, yes. Or Nancy Drew. Mmm. Or the or... Hardy Boys. <laughs> Mary-Kate Donovan's on the case. Yeah. She'll crack 
the case with her big magnifying glass and mm-hmm. somewhat small stature. Donovan, oh. I told you to leave this to the grown-ups. Yeah, I can't leave it alone. But I hope that's not what Mary-Kate Donovan sounds like. I kind of do. It's a cool voice. <laughs> I can't leave it alone. I'm Sonic the Hedgehog now. Yeah. <laughs> so puts on sunglasses, uh, skateboards away. Uh... <laughs> Literally everyone's like, Sonic, you can't just be a girl Mary-Kate Donovan, the cool teen detective, <laughs> cool 90s team detective. It's a, it's a vibe. Coming soon from self-published Amazon, Liam S. Smith. Ooh. Thank you, Mary-Kate Donovan, for your support. And kind words. And your mystery-solving, uh, go-getting attitude. Thanks for solving the case with the missing sheep. Who knew that the drug lord was inside it all along? Just like that episode of Adventure Time. Okay, Nick. Yes. This episode is, of course, entitled Heavy Weather Part 2. It's, I would say... Depressing? Yes, but I would say it is um, strangely paced in that we're just chucking this... Main villain backstory in the middle of, uh, in the middle of this horrific snail battle. Yeah. Well, I guess the snail battle's at a natural point where we can say, well... Well, everyone's travelling, and they're snails, so it's gonna take a while. (laughs) So we've got some time to think about everyone's motivations. Yeah. And the narrator, who has broken into the story and exists now, uh, really wants us to know about Father Pucci's backstory. Ooh, that's something that we haven't delved into yet. Okay. Father Pucci's backstory. Yes. We've had brief glimpses, but literally this entire time, have no fucking clue what his deal is. And now we know that he's... Sort of the rest of the story. We know that he's traumatised by the concept of uh, unexpected consequences of actions. Mm-hmm. Because of his brother. And his the person who stole his brother as a baby as well. Yes. All these people made decisions and they didn't pan out the way they wanted them to. Mm. And that's deeply upsetting to Father Pucci. So he became an evil wizard. Okay, like when it hits that part of the episode, (laughs) it went from like, damn, this is actually pretty compelling stuff to, all right, well, that's Jojo's baby. (laughs) Oh, dearie me. Um, I might call it out when we get to it, but there was literally a point where I was like, what? Hang on, Araki, let's let's go back a step. What? Oh no, no you've got to give me a uh, give me a taster at least. Well, you know, you know when we're at the lake. Yes. That's the point where I was like, hang on. When he was wading through the water and having a crisis of faith. Yeah, and I was like, hang on a second, hang on. That that's not quite. This is this is a bit of a, a leap of logic now that isn't very. Uh, it's not quite with the theme that we're going for. But you know, that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So, Nick. Yes. We do open in the distant past. 1978. No. 1977. No. Uh, 1987? No, you're getting further away. 1976. 1972. Damn it. June 5th. Ooh. A very auspicious date. Mm. The date that the villain of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6, Stone Ocean, was born. Oh my god. But he oh didn't know he was a villain yet. He was just an innocent old baby. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> these fucking babies. <laughs> so, okay, so this woman has a baby in the hospital. She's got a miserable life and her baby died. Yep. So in her grief and desperation, she takes her dead baby and swaps it out for one of two twins that were also in the hop- hospital. Yeah. Weirdly, the twins are, I guess... Uh, I mean, we've got to acknowledge that one of these twins has dark skin and one oh, of them yeah, has yeah, light yeah. skin. And it's not really addressed why that is the case. No, but at the same time... 
Maybe it's um, they've got Italian ancestry. Maybe it's a sort of Mediterranean tan. Maybe uh, maybe little old baby there is just albino. Maybe like, that's it. And I wouldn't think much of it, but it is a plot point later in the episode that um, the KKK come to believe that Weather has uh, African American ancestry. Yeah. So. You know, just the like, fact that Poochie is the one who has dark skin is is very odd. It's very, it's quite odd. But also it's like the... I can't remember what I was going to say now because that was... It's just a... Yeah, it's really weird. It's very odd. Um, but, you know, she swaps them out and yep, she's all She's like, got herself a new baby. Yeah. It's a fresh baby. Just a fresh The other one was baby. spoiled. Well, to be fair, both babies are spoiled because they look like fucking grandfathers. Well, both babies are spoiled because one is dead and the other will be grow up in the lap of luxury in the uh, <laughs> affluent estate in the next town over. Oh, man. So, yeah, this, this lady is like, I need to steal this baby. I need so to that steal this die. old man. God, these babies are so Puffed weird. Puffed eyes, tiny mouths, wrinkled faces. Babies do have wrinkled faces. Yeah, but they don't have moustaches <laughs> like fucking Weather Report does here. I hate to tell you, that's not a weather report. That is a dead baby. There's going to be a lot of talk um, of infant mortality in this episode, listeners. So maybe skip out on that if that's not your thing. Strong trigger warnings <laughs> of suicide, dead babies, and uh, I don't know what else. Racial lynchings. Yeah, racism. <laughs> uh, a lot of violence. Unexpected consequences of actions. That's the, tri- that's the trigger one. Devil's bargains from handsome vampires. Uh... Social and emotional manipulation, uh, cans flying through windows. Mm. If you're a big fan of uh, glass not being broken, this is not the episode mm. for you. A few years later, little boy Poochie, who's dressed like a businessman. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's rich and affluent. Is at, his, is at the graveyard uh, for the surprisingly elaborate tombstone for their zero-day-old deceased brother. Dominic. Dominic Poochie. Dominic Toretto. <laughs> oh, man. Dominic so, Pucci. So, little old Pucci is like, oh, my God. He's had white was... hair from the day he was born. Literally, his head has been covered in hair as an infant. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, who was this child? These shaved-in marks are naturally occurring. Yep. Uh, and his parents are like, you had a younger brother. He died the day you were born. Sorry. Huh. He was your twin, but now he's not. We also see uh, his sister. His beautiful, beautifully animated sister. Absolutely. So 60 FPS sister. We come to know and then lose Perla Pucci in this episode. And she, she, I feel like she is the most high budget animated character in Stone Ocean to date. Every single like movement of her head has her hair, Studio Ghibli cascading around yep. her and... Uh, her her skin flushes when she's feeling emotions. Like every single part of it screams, "Oh, this! This is the one that like this is the, the most animator. significant character yeah. in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure to date, based purely on animation quality." Like literally everything about it, the animator must have been like, "This is the one. This is the one that's gonna put me on the map." Yeah, this one lady is gonna put me on the map. But then she immediately dies, and we're like, "Oh, that was, what? Why did you?" Hmm. In 1987. Okay. A year before the events of Stardust Crusaders. Oh, shit. Sidebar, I've got a new game on my theoretical um, JoJo game wish list. Yep. Uh, and it is... Um, what did I call it in my head? Um, <laughs> Wait, hang on. Hang on. Is this a game that you've just made up? No, no. You'll understand where I'm going when I say the name. <laughs> okay. It is um, Stardust of Paradise. <laughs> JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Origin. 
And yep. it takes place through the years of, let's say, 85 to 88. Okay. Uh, Dio and later Poochie traveling the world, recruiting a bunch of stupid sat stand users. Radio. Okay. Hmm. Wait, hang on. 1988. That's when Stardust Crusaders happened. Yeah. So doesn't that mean that Dio dies in 1988? Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Just getting the timeline right in my head, given that in 1988, months pass in the story. Yes. So they must have gotten pretty tight in on finding those stand users before Joseph and Co. Well, we did, we did. I don't think we know the exact timeline of when Dio was dug up or if we mm. do I don't remember it off the top of my head and I don't care enough to be corrected listen uh, Ricky won't remember neither will but I but the point being there was a time there that we know where he was experiencing the modern world and recruiting an evil army mm. uh, before going to read the Quran in his bed in Egypt for six months or whatever it was <laughs> 90 days yeah yeah good times good times with Dio being a he really weirdo. became fast friends with Father Pucci quite quickly Given they met in 1987. Yeah, and also for all or something of... more. Oh, <laughs> and for all of ten seconds, yeah. where he's like, "Melodious sunlight, goodbye." So, um, yeah, Pucci is praying. The beautiful stained glass windows are shining down on him in the darkened church. So I think they say something like, "Pucci comes from a line of Italian." Uh, clergyman or something? So, yes, he's got Italian ancestry, I think, on his grandmother's side. Yep. And uh, so in the mar- in the anime today, it said that one of their ancestors was a famous clergyman. Mm-hmm. In the manga, it says he was the Pope. I'm sorry? <laughs> We're, okay, sure. I've got that on the manga and anime differences page here. Pucci's ancestor, ancestor is referred to as a famous clergyman instead of a Pope. <laughs> I would love if it was, like, a famous Pope instead of the Pope. <laughs> like, that would be amazing. Just imagine if you were like, oh, yeah, the Pope was my great-grandfather. Like, imagine if you could just drop that in conversation. Yeah. And hang on, but aren't Catholic priests not meant to... Well, not if you're the Pope. Pope, pope does whatever the fuck the Pope wants. He's got that papal infallibility. Fuck the Pope papacy. <laughs> The wiki says, due to the time period, he is possibly Pope Clement XI, Pope Innocent XIII. Innocent XIII? Yeah, the Pope names, you know. Pope Benedict XIII, Pope Clement XII, Pope Benedict XIV, uh, Pope Clement XIII, Pope Clement XIV, or Pope Pius VI. I would argue that it's Jojo's world and it can have its own popes. Look, if it doesn't have its own popes, what are we doing here? <laughs> what are we fucking doing? Like, the fact that we have... A, okay, anyway, we're getting distracted we from are the getting key distracted, point. Which is that he is praying and he's wondering why there has to be happiness and misfortune and why did his dear twin brother have to die? He's having a, a moment. He's having a moment with the Lord. And, and he's not getting the answers he wants. But, thankfully, there's a vampire in the room to give him the answers he needs. He goes down into the ossuary Mm -hmm. and trips over Dio's classic genie curved slippers. (laughs) God, I forgot that he wears those (laughs) fucking loafers or whatever they are. And Dio's there, and he's the nicest we've ever seen him. Yeah, he doesn't just immediately try to... Murder Poochie or... Brain butt him or something. Put his head on a dog for no reason. (laughs) He just, like... So, so, hey, I see you're reading a book I've heard of in which a clergyman has an affair with a married woman. <gasps> Is that foreshadowing I hear? <laughs> Not really. Oh, okay, never mind. Um, so one of the best bits ever is when Dio's feet 
whoop, out from under the um, the pew. Oh, uh, like kind of like a Wicked Witch of the West. Yep. Whoop. Yep. Literally, just like we only see his shoes connected to his legs, obviously. Wow. Under, under the end of the pew, and then he's like, "Why is that a book you're reading? Or are you just pleased to see me?" And then he just zoop, just straight up, just flies mm-hmm. out. Uh, so what happens, uh, uh, young Poochie is like, this ossuary is closed to the public except on Sundays, you can't be here. And Dio says, ah, you see, I'm allergic to sunlight. The sun doesn't set till 6.19 tonight, so I'm, I'm stuck here. And <laughs> young Poochie is like, I believe that because it's so ridiculous, no one would make it a... <laughs> what, what does he actually say? He's just like, well, all right then. Uh... Yeah, he just says, all right. <laughs> Imagine if, like, someone broke into your house and you're like, hey, you can't be here. This is my fucking house. It's like, well, you see, I'm allergic to sunlight, so I'm kind of stuck here mm. until 6.30. And you're like, all right. Um, Dio goads him a bit like, you're just going to believe me? Like, I could be a thief who's stuck in here to steal the um, valuable artwork. To which Poochie responds with, a thief wouldn't make the dumbest, stupidest reason as... I'm allergic to sunlight. Quote, That's not so even ridiculous. the devil would tell a lie like that. <laughs> well, good thing he's, uh, I made the joke already, but, you know, good thing he's not the devil. He's God, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, wow, what if Diavolo was also in this room? <laughs> oh, God. That'd be... A real oh meeting God. of the minds. Yeah. Chicago Kira's upstairs killing a woman. <laughs> it's just like, you've got God and Satan in one room, and then upstairs... There's just a hand fetishist. serial killer. Yeah. Meanwhile, Cars is drifting further and further <laughs> away from the Earth by the day. Oh, man. And that's the current status of all the JoJo villains. Beautiful. Uh, at this point, Dio, like, does some Jesus-y healing stuff where he notices... Uh, Who fucking knows how he does this? Vampire powers, you know? But, like... I think if you're gonna, if you are at the point where you can turn a man into a snake creature or uh, put a head on a dog... Maybe then you fixing can... a def- uh, fixing a malformed toe mm. is kind of child's, child's play. play. Yeah, you just look at a toe, you're like, ah, it's a bunion. Yeah, Done. so he was born with a um a defect in his foot. Where I don't know if that's the correct way to say that these days, but moving on. <laughs> <laughs> he was born with bent toes. Yes, on his left foot, so he can still walk around, but he does trip a bit. Mm. Um, and off screen, uh, before leaving momentarily, Dio magically fixes it. <gasps> Oh my god. That's it's real sort of like encountering the devil. Uh, yeah, it's like vibes. the first the first one's free. Mm. If you want the other toes fixed, you're gonna have to pay me. <laughs> and he finally says the thesis statement of part six. Hang on, wait, the lead up to it is fucking gold. Okay. So we have the well, I'm allergic to sunlight. Like, Alright. He's like Hey, so, what's wrong with your foot? Oh well I've got these bent toes. Do you believe in gravity? Whoa. Like, it, the whole screen just goes that classic JoJo's, yeah, like, liquidy background, <sighs> colour shifts. You tripped on me for a reason. And then he gives him an arrowhead, and it's like, hey, take this arrowhead. If you need it one day, I'll be there for you. Oh, my God. It's so ridiculous. Why is he taking such an instant shine to him? I don't Who knows? Know. The, the arrowhead, like, spins around and points at Poochie. Because of gravity. And Poochie's like, oh, my God, what does that mean? But he doesn't really... He kind of takes it in stride. Yeah, apparently he keeps it on his person at all times. But, um, like, he's just a bit like, oh my god, the arrow, what does it mean? I've got another quote here. If you ever wish to see me again, wish upon this arrow and call me. No matter how far in the future that may be, do you understand? 
Just keep me in your back burner. You know, when I meet a new summer lover and uh, I'm... Having a blast. I have, yep. I, I just, I grab her hand and say, keep me in your back burner. And then, and then I fly into the darkness and disappear. I barrel roll backwards <laughs> with a nice poof cloud. Yeah. And then he's left alone in the dark room. God, oh, what, a fucking what, a, what an extra extrovert. God, it's just such a weird... Like, we've never seen Dio do this ever. Well, we have actually. I, I hate to, I hate to correct you, but have in we? part one, he did fly backwards and then vanish uh, when he was... Uh, do you remember when he froze everyone's arms just before he summoned Tarkus and Bruford? Froze everyone's Because he was super, he'd learnt to be super cold. And I that's why they couldn't so. just kill him with the ripple. I think I remember. When I he was remember. done gloating and the Dark Knights, he just sort of like drifted backwards and vanished into mist. Mm. Classic vampire right, stuff. Okay. It's just that we don't really see that kind of stuff in the stand era, you know? Yeah. We're too caught up <laughs> on the, the powers and the stairs, but we forget... Dio's just a humble vampire. Mm. He's already got the abilities of all the vampires. He was going easy on Jotaro by not instantly murking him with his laser eyes. And that's why we love him. <laughs> Much like Speedwagon loved Joe, uh, Jonathan. Both of them, really. Well, he, I don't know if he loved Joseph. Like was, a son. Yeah, like a son. But I don't know if he loved that son. He was more like a, well, I guess I'm stuck with him, but you know what? Oh, I fully disagree. Oh, okay. Never mind then. <laughs> It's 1988, oh the god. year of Stardust Crusaders. Oh my god. And Father Pucci, not yet a father. Mm -hmm. still, uh, a, still a basic still a boy. bishop. Basic bitch. <laughs> basic bishop. Yep. Oh. That's good, I like that. <laughs> You're so funny. He oh. is cleaning the priest side of the confessional when some fucking random lady just rolls on in. And she's like, I need to confess my sins. And he says, no, no, oh, I'll not, go get the priest. I'm and not, she said, she priest. just barrels into her confession. It's like, I haven't got time. You see, I'm dying of a deadly but unnamed disease. It's like, I, I am not the priest. And when I was younger, I had a baby and that baby died. So I stole another baby. And that baby's name was Dominic Pucci. So I'm still not the... But I gave him a better name. And that name was... Wes Aquamarine. <laughs> Fucking Wes? <laughs> More on that later. Aquamarine. So Poochie realises that his twin brother is alive and has been raised by another family. Uh, they live... I think they said that they knew that the twin was living in the same estate that Poochie's living in. No. But he's... No, didn't they say he's no. living in a large estate? No. Um... The woman said that she knew that Poochie's family lived in yes. the large estate in the yes, next town yes, over. Yes. Yeah. They... This woman is not so well off. No, no. She's like, oh my God, the baby. Yeah. This the reminds baby. me a bit of um, the uh, critically acclaimed murder mystery slash examination of religion, Pentiment. Pentiment. Yes. The video game yes. Pentiment? The, the one that everyone was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And then we all just kind of moved on. I played it through. I thought it was amazing. Everyone did. They were like, oh my God, there's so much. Uh, and what it reminds me of, uh, without getting into any big spoilers from that, uh, Father Pucci is unable to act on this information because it was given to him in confessional. Mm -hmm. uh, in Pentiment, there's a minor plot element where the village priest suspects a, another character of wrongdoing. That character knows the priest uh, suspects them. And so to ensure that the priest can't tell anyone about it, he confesses that to the uh, priest under the seal of confession. Ooh. So the priest is by his... Uh, his, his binding his, of 
whatever his faith, the, yeah. the strictures of his faith, unable to act on this information meaningfully. Interesting. Ooh. Well, well, well. Mm. Meanwhile, here, Father Pucci's all in. Yeah. He's like, oh, so you're telling me that I have a brother? Meanwhile, in a juice bar across town, young wet. Okay, so I've, I do have to uh, disappoint you, Nick. His um, his actual name in Japanese isn't uh, Wes Aquamarine. Is it? Is it Weza Aquamarine? No, <laughs> that that would be maybe better. I'm because sure, because when that... he says, "Oh, people call me Weza," I was like, "Well, oh, people call God. me Weather." Yeah, well, doesn't he say? It's, I it's so, I, I don't buy that honestly. It's such a such a um. It's so trad. What's the word? Tran. Transcontinental. Yeah, it's such a transcontinental express. No, it's so um like it strains credulity even in JoJo's bizarre adventure for me that people already call him Weather when he would later go on to be known exclusively as Weather because it was the name of his power. That was all he had left. Ridiculous. No, his name is in fact uh, in the uh, original Japanese. Uh, where's Blue Marine after the Blue Font or Bluefin fashion line? Oh, where's Blue Marine? Yeah, I can see why they changed to Aquamarine. It sounds better. It sounds cooler. <laughs> it do- well, let's not say cooler. It certainly. Sounds I will. Like JoJo's. <laughs> where's Aquamarine? Um, Blue Font SPA is an Italian fashion house. You know what that means. Oh boy, here we go. Some real malfaction incoming. <laughs> Buffon Spa. What do you do? Labour. Founded by Anna Molinari and her late husband Gianpaolo Tarabini. Ooh. The core brand is Blue Marine, which they started in 1977, followed by Miss Blue Marine, Blue Girl, and Anna Molinari, which is their luxury fashion brand. Oh, it's just named after her now. <laughs> yep, okay, they do. Uh, they started with uh, lingerie, accessories, and wristwatches, homeware, perfume, standard stuff, really. Mm-hmm. But where did it all go wrong? I don't know if it did. There's not a lot about them on this Wikipedia page, the font of all wisdom. Interesting. No controversies? Uh, Anna Molinari has received many awards. Are they involved, in, involved in many charities, such as the Italian Osteoporosis League. Oh, that's all right. And the rehabilitation of prisoners. That's all right. That's, that's pretty Anna good. Anna Molinari is nicknamed Queen of Roses due to her love for these magical and sensual flowers. <laughs> One day, uh, a warrior will win her in a duel and then escape the bonds of fate. <laughs> Fashion comes, is stupid. It all comes full circle. <laughs> oh my god. Oh dear. That is ridiculous. So uh, while we're talking weather reports, other names. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, names? Well, uh, Dominic Pucci, of course, is one of his names. I, I guess. I suppose so. Uh, that is known after, uh, named after, or that is allegedly a reference to Domenico Dolce. <gasps> Mr. Dolce from yes. Dolce and Gabbana. Yes, exactly. Ah. One half of the luxury fashion house Dolce and Gabbana. Controversy. <laughs> yes, here we go. Come on. Hey, uh, in 2013, both Dolce and Gabbana were convicted of tax evasion, much like the creator of Sonic the Hedgehog was recently. Oh yeah, no, wasn't he um guilty of so? He was guilty of insider trading. It was it went yeah, so yeah. deep. It was like, oh my god, why? Why did you do this? Uh, an Italian f- court found the uh, twenty months suspended sentence. An Italian court found the pair guilty of failing to declare millions of euros of revenue earned through a DNG subsidiary company based in Luxembourg. Ooh. They denied the charges and appealed, uh, and were cleared of wrongdoing by the appellate court. 
unjust. In 2015, Dolce's comments about in vitro fertilization sparked a social media storm of criticism. He said in Panorama magazine. <laughs> yep, the perfect platform to talk about IVF. I am gay. I cannot have a child. I believe you cannot have everything in life. You are born from a father and a mother, or at least that is how it should be. For this reason, I am not convinced what I call children of chemistry or synthetic children. Uteruses for rent, sperm chosen from a catalog. This guy needs to shut the fuck up. He really went full ball on this uh, one. Elton John came at him. Uh, Rightly so. Gabbana called Elton John a fascist <laughs> later and later apologised. Imagine being like, Elton John's a fascist. And then later, just going, I'm oh, sorry man. I called Elton John a fascist. <laughs> That's John. a wardrobe malfaction. God damn. Oh. Oh my god. What a that was quite a misplay on Dolce. Like, like if he was just like Elton John's being an asshole. Yeah, he's bullying like, me. Yeah, he's bullying me. But then being like, he's a fascist. He's like, oh maybe 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 he's not maybe he's not a fascist. Maybe maybe there's a bit. But he's still being mean to me. Where the report is, of course, 39 years old at the time of Stone Ocean. He's a Gemini. His Chinese zodiac is a rat. Wait, he's 39? Yep. Oh my god. He was born Jan June 5th, 1972, as we saw this very episode. Jesus, he looks like 20. Yeah. Good god. The people in JoJo's age well. Mm -hmm. And he's serving a six year sentence at Green Dolphin Street Prison for attempted murder. Who did he try to murder? That timeline doesn't really add up though, does it? What do you mean? Six years? Assuming he hasn't been in and out of prison. Mm -hmm. Because we saw him get sent to prison in the flashback in this episode. In 1988. Yep. Yep. It's the 2000s now. Yep. And he's on a six year sentence. Yeah, yeah. For this time he's on a six year sentence. Maybe he was in and out. Maybe. maybe. That's what, I'm, that's what yeah. I'm asking. Or maybe he just sort of stayed there after the six years ended and everyone was like, when We can't then? make him leave. It's like, when do we, when do we get him Every out? time we try to make him leave, the wind blows him back in. <laughs> There's just something about him. He's 192 centimetres and Italian-American. Ah. Uh, it all comes back to His Italy. hobby is reading TV guides. Did we, did we already cover that? I think that we somewhere? may have, yeah. yeah. Sounds familiar. I'm There's just... something so... Like, charming about reading a TV guide, though. You know? Because it's like, does he read all the does articles? Does he read the articles or just the listings? Yeah, does he just go, well, tonight I would be able to watch this if I had access to a television. There are some prisons in Green Dolphin Street Prison. There are some prisons in Green <laughs> Some TVs, sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can find his privilege card, which we started seeing oh, yeah. recently. I'm just finding weather report trading cards, though. Well, everyone loves weather report. It's true. If there wasn't such a problematic age gap, he would be a much better partner for Jolene than Anasui. <laughs> How old is Anasui at this point? Unclear. I mean, it's clear. I just don't remember. <laughs> Man, I can't believe Weather Report's 39. And he hasn't changed his style in all those years. Uh, I found a Japanese version of his privilege card, but not English. Hmm. What do you reckon it says? His prisoner number is MA152403. Hmm. Wise. The wisest of numbers. <laughs> in All-Star Battle R, Weather Report's moveset uh, has similarities to the movesets of Blanca and Cody from the Street Fighter series. Oh, that's weird. Because Blanca is a big green... Goblin. ...kind of ogre -y thing. Like a, a mutant gorilla of sorts. Be weird if 
weather report is just like, and he just casts lightning on himself repeatedly to I mean, do he, the blanket. He could, he could do that. Hmm. So, yes, as I say, where's Blue Marine? Where's Aquamarine? Doing his job as a juice delivery man. Uh-huh. Where he's delivering juice to this beautiful purple-walled cafe. And then there are these three ladies sitting in one of the booths. They're so snooty. They're like, ugh, a juice delivery boy. Oh, I don't think he's that good looking. He's just a juice delivery boy. I bet he's a coward. Only a coward would deliver juice. Why would anyone think that that juice delivery boy was worth the time of day to even joke about? He doesn't even go to high school. That's why he works. As a juice delivery yeah. boy. So... Uh, uh, this old guy like snatches one of their posters off the table as he walks past. And they're like, oh my god, Perla, isn't that your bag? Oh no. And he's running past the window when the humble juiceman. <gasps> the juice boy. Where's Marine? <laughs> hucks a can. Of juice? Yep. Okay. Into the front window of the shop, which gets lodged halfway through, but does not break the window uh, as the... Uh, the errant woman. thief is escaping. However, the second can that is thrown at the first does break the window, causing the first can to... Basically push through. Like a pool wall situation. Yeah, and smash that thief right in the face. Knocking him out or killing him instantly. We just don't know. There was some blood. <laughs> but was it too much? Unclear. Perla, in beautifully animated reaction... It's is like, oh my incredibly god. impressed. Oh my god, what a good shot. What a That's incredible for a juice delivery boy. Young Wes is like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble now. My school doesn't even allow students to work. He, he says something like, oh no, I broke the front store window. Yeah. I'm like, what were you expecting to do there? I think he just, you know, classic JoJo's anger reaction. Mm, indeed. Perla's like, don't worry, I'll tell everyone the thief smashed the window. Ah, mm. ah, that's that's clever. We're going to talk about Weather's fit. What do you mean? So what about it? He's, his hair is actually even more intense in the past <laughs> than it is in the the present. Well, he's Where, only got a mullet because it's this. Yeah, he's got a big. It's the no, it's eighties. Eighties, yeah. He's got yeah. a big eighties mullet at the back, and also his hair is a combination of his own hair and polaris. It's tall. It's yes. up there. No horns yet, though. No horns. Not yet. Not yet. Soon. They fall in love instantly. He says, "I'm Wes. People call me Weather." So this this really remi- <sighs> this is real like sort of hey I'm Liam, but you can call me Ace <laughs> vibes. <laughs> Giving yourself a cool nickname. Hey, my name's Jazz, but you can call me Arthur because that's my real name. Mm. Um, um, so, but yeah. yeah, if you could actually start calling me Jazz, that would be really good I'm for my call- brand. I'm not calling you Jazz. <laughs> um, but it's really weird because like you've got to listen to the names they're not using. <laughs> it's like I swear, I swear it was like, "Hey, I'm Wes," but people call me Weza. I mean, that's just Japanese pronunciation, I think. But I think that must be where it comes from. In the same way that like, um, I don't want to speculate. Yeah, I don't know, but it it could be that. Who knows? Two months later, Father Pucci is really stressed about that confession. <laughs> And he comes home to his family house and uh, his, his beautiful little sister Perla is like, our parents are out and I'm in love with a boy who's your brother. And, Not uh, that she knows. Yeah, Poochie is all like, wait, you're in love with someone? That's great. That's good to hear. I'm so happy for you. That's perfectly acceptable. My grades are slipping, but I'll make it better. That's fine. As long as you're okay. But we cannot emphasise how much this lady 
is so insanely well animated. <laughs> like, it's just it's obscene. It's like the best animation we may have ever seen. Full stop. <laughs> from the, and we're talking about the Rohan Kishibe, like the treadmill episode. That was pretty well fucking animated. This of course, lady, that wasn't this show though, Nick. Oh, Ooh, I see. We so. To be fair, this is the best animation we've had in this entire show. The narrator chimes in, and from this point in the episode, he's kind of like a guy. Yeah, he's just so he, he just kind of goes, "I'll let you be the judge." Yeah, I got the reader. quote. I want you to judge the rest of the events. Who committed a sin? Is it the mother who swapped the babies, or is it Father Pucci's parents? Is it Father Pucci? Is it the younger brother Weather? Who knows nothing? Real sort of, what do you think will happen next, listeners? All right, Blue, where's the next yeah, Blue? Yeah. Who committed a sin, Blue? <laughs> blue, who committed the sin? <laughs> who do you think committed the sin? I sin, you sin, let's all play I sin. <laughs> <laughs> it's got very strong cult vibes very quickly. <laughs> so Father Pucci tails his brother. Learns the shocking truth that uh, they've really found themselves in an embarrassing social conundrum, but he can't act on it directly because of the seal of confession. Mm. So we are in the old boy situation. Now you said that while we were watching it and I don't know what you mean. So old boy, the whole, the crux of old boy There's is this that... old boy, you see, a real Benjamin Button. Well, yeah, well, kind of. <laughs> um, there's this old boy who, <laughs> uh, he's probably like, you know, 40 something, 50 something, I don't fucking care, but... Um, he finds out that, uh, some dude that he knew from school or something or something, uh, was having an incestuous relationship with his sister and he watched as they, you know, did the deed, did the deed. And then they had a stand battle. Yep. They found out about it. And then the brother was all like, oh my God, he found out sister jumps off a cliff into, uh, presumably a lake dies, and then he's like, I'm going to get revenge on that guy who saw us. Okay. Uh, then gets him imprisoned for like 20 years, brainwashes him, and then effectively makes him commit the act on his daughter, and then is all like, see? See, now you're worse than okay, me. Up until that last bit, yeah, up until I, the last I was bit. seeing a lot of Stone Ocean parallels. Yes. Uh, even like the tricking Jolene into getting sent to prison. Yeah, and... But it's like the crux of, ah, oh, there's an incestuous relationship happening. I need to do something about it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Feels very old boy. It's like, oh no, we're in such a, a terrible situation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix it by, you know, revealing it to the world. If we're taking a diversion to make comparisons to other media, yeah. uh, I've had a little thing stewing in my brain for the past couple of months as we've been podcasting about Stone Ocean, mm -hmm. about the parallels between the brother brotherly relationships between Wes Ackmore Marine and Enrico Pucci mm -hmm. and uh, Jonathan Joestar and Dio Brando. Because they both, you know, obviously it's kind of... Uh, like. There's a point. There's a point of contrast in that you know one of them are biological brothers who are were raised separately, and two the other are adopted brothers raised together. There's mm. elements of class disparity in both of them. Yep. There's tragedy involving a girl there's, driving the ultimate wedge in the relationship. There's a, a strong sense of one of them is weirdly discolored at one point, <laughs> and I don't think it's coincidence that 
in this final part of this JoJo's Bizarre Adventure saga, there's another brotherly relationship with those characteristics. Mm. It's almost like Araki kind of has a, a go-to archetype sometimes. Sometimes? It's like a poetry. It rhymes. Yes, it does. It do- it's like you, you read it and you're like, that's a JoJo's baby. Mm. That's a JoJo's. And really, aren't the best stories about brothers fighting? Yeah, Cain and Abel. Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid. Uh, what else do we like? Um, <laughs> Final Fantasy, Stranger of Paradise, when they're kind of brothers in the sense that they were oh, they're strangers. Brothers in arms. Yeah, strangers, <laughs> but only to this world. Uh, so you could also say Metal Gear Solid 5. Oh, I love Metal Gear Solid 5. <laughs> yep. Star Wars Episode 3. Yes. You are my brother, Anakin. Uh, wise, wise mm-hmm. is Obi Wan. Yep, that, that's it. That's all the good That's all that the exists. brothers. Oh. <laughs> Ever. Yep. Neither of us have a brother, so I mean, that's... No. Yeah, that's it. So, Poochie decides he can't <laughs> let his sister get hurt no matter what, so he does the stupidest thing he could have done in this situation. He goes to the mob. It, worse, he goes to the KKK. So how do we know this is the KKK? Well, um, I'm so glad you asked, Nick. In they the don't manga slash anime differences page ah, of the JoJo Wiki, I see. It notes that uh, the KKK outfits in the manga in the mob scene are replaced with a hoodless, angry mob. I see. So should be the KKK, but, but those not. cowards at David, <laughs> those politically correct. Cucks we didn't want to depict real active hate group, the KKK, oh. committing unprovoked murder. Oh, can't believe that they would want to. <laughs> Just the idea of like some dude somewhere was like, so we know that the KKK are in this manga. Do we want to portray them as the bad guys? It's like, well, we do, but also I don't want to deal with the KKK's lawyers. Just very litigious. You know that Mitchell and Webb sketch where the guy's creating the KKK outfits? No. um, I won't recount the whole thing, but basically um, he's presenting his proposed outfits to the KKK. Mm -hmm. And the first one is the one that we know and hate. Uh, uh, And the the alternative that is used to sell him the... Ridiculous looking white sheets. Yep. Uh, is being a massive little girl. <laughs> like bonnet, blonde wig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I, I just remember the one thing I know about the KKK that's always stuck with me is that I remember, I think in the 60s or 70s, when they were kind of like really coming into their own as like a group, the CIA. I think your, um, your timeline might be a bit off I mean, there. Was it the 90s maybe? They're very old, Nick. Oh, I mean, like, they, they were becoming more of, like, hey, maybe they're becoming a national threat. Like, well, I don't know enough about that, but yeah. I think you're, um, you're underselling their longevity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, in the 60s and 70s, the CIA were just like, should we be worried about the KKK? Like, we know that they're doing stuff, but should we actually be worried? So they implanted an agent in there who then came back to them... I think it was like six months later, I was like, yeah, if they can organize themselves at the best of times, like, I reckon they could go grocery shopping. They are so hilariously useless. (laughs) Apparently, there were just things like, we do weekly meetings, and then we just chant for a while, and then we just talk about how much we hate things and then go home. And that was kind of it. And then it was like, yeah, there might be a sect of people, but we can't. 
find them in those meetings because they're so fucking stupid. Like, everything they say is dumb. Everything they do is dumb. Like, we couldn't find shit because everything the KKK did was fucking stupid. So they were like, okay, cool. So we should probably just look out for individuals. Like, yeah, just keep looking for individuals. Like, cool. And then just went on their merry way. All right, well, I think that sounds like a dumb decision on their part, but... Oh, it was so funny, though, because there was this entire thing just roasting the KKK, being like, they're idiots. They're all fucking idiots. Like, they're just useless. JoJo's world taking the bold stance of the KKK are idiots. <laughs> Father Pucci has gone to this cane or lynch-looking motherfucker. <laughs> Holy fuck, it really is. Uh, this private investigator, and is going to pay him to threaten weather report to scare him into breaking up with Perla. A perfect Dear plan. Dear sweet Perla. A perfect plan. With no possible... Repercussions. Unexpected consequences. It's not like the KKK to be okay. the fucking worst. <laughs> he says, I have two requests. Don't ask any questions and make them break up. <laughs> now, I can only assume they took the break up part literally. Um, well, the narrator tells us that Father Pucci is an idiot uh, mm. and he didn't know about the darkness in this man's heart mm. or the darkness in this, in this society. Indeed. Um, so no mention of who this person is, but we can only assume that it's society at large. Mm. Mm. So uh, the narrator, sorry, the, the private investigator tells us that he looked into Wes's birth for some reason. Well, he's a private investigator, he's got to mm-hmm. know. And he didn't learn about the baby swapping. But he did learn that in 1972, Wes's mother married a black man. <gasps> so he uh, he makes the natural natural logical leap that Wes would be this woman's so, biological son. Oh my god! Therefore, he would be the son of a black man, and oh my so god. therefore, this crazy racist wants to kill him. Oh so my he god. grabs up his other pals and they beat the crap out of Weather and like uh, like molest Perla. Yep. And then they hang. They they hang, they hang him. They hang him on a cliff. Yep. Uh, and then one of them implies he's a cop, which you know, Rage Against the Machine will be like, "We fucking told you." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a grim scene. It's powerful shit. Tortures, pitchforks, probably. We can only hope. And also, they burn down Weather's adopted mum's slash stolen mum's house. Yeah, they're all like, "We burned it to the ground," and he's like, "What?" Well, she was gonna die soon anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pleasant death, smoky like ribs. Um. So she it's... tasted great. <laughs> it's a it's a grim scene, but damn if she wasn't delicious. The ice narrator breaks back in and says, "Who was the one truly being punished? Was it Weather, Perla, or someone else?" Yes, they were all just trying to love in their own way. Mm. It was a problematic love. Just, just noting that Father Pucci's love brought the, brought the worst out. Oh no! So Weather's just hanging there yeah. on a cliff. Perla cuts him down. Uh, can't feel his faint pulse, so she Romeo and Juliet's herself off a cliff. And uh, then we get a a cheeky little ad break. Uh, and then the next thing we see is a boat in the middle, being all like, "Oh, we found a dead body." And Pucci being like, "What no, happened? What my happened? dear sweet sister, no one could have seen this coming." <laughs> I, I only went to a man who did crime. How could this have gone wrong? Why did I become a priest? Why me? This was the point where everything up to this point, I'm like, fuck me. Yeah, okay. This is actually genuinely some like pretty hard hitting shit. And then he's like, 
why did I become a priest? I'm like, that's not, that's, that's not what's at fault here, bro. And he's like, why? Why did any of this happen? Maybe I should kill everyone. And you're like, <laughs> okay, maybe let's, let's go back a second. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's very upset. He's cradling her body in the lake. Uh, he's begging for his sister's life. Uh, and abruptly the, um, the image of Dio appears behind him slash in his mind's eye uh, as his eyes shine a brilliant purple. And he's all like, you, gravity. Do you believe in gravity? And we met for a reason. And Pucci is like, that man, that yeah, sweet, that man. beautiful man. Yeah, that why was his voice. Com- why is he coming to... He once healed my bent toes in the ossuary. As he's holding his dead sister <laughs> yeah. in his arms. That guy healed my bones. So he's like, that's right, he gave me... And then two things happen... Pretty much simultaneously. Yep. Uh, Perla's head opens and a disc pops out. Hey. She was a robot all along. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> and and the, arrow. the arrow, which unbeknownst to us, Pucci has been keeping in his breast pocket all along, uh, jams through his chest and neck, and, uh, granting think... him the magical powers of a stand. Yeah, I think he hears Dio go, your power is to reclaim the memories of those that you love. Yeah. Like your sister. Use it your wisely. Your sister. And up on the cliffside, a similar arrow-shaped wound appears in where's Akmama means. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, Weirdly tied there. Probably because they're twins. Twins. They've got that twin link. Yeah. They can feel each other's sandwiches. So it's confirmed that... uh, Oh, come on. I thought that was all right. (laughs) (laughs) It's confirmed that the arrow... If your twins will work on both of you. Yeah, well, we, it's, it's been it's, that way with family lines to date as well, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they hit Dio, Dio jabbed Jonathan's body with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the rest of the protagonists got their stands. I guess. Yeah, that kind Joseph, of... Joseph, Jotaro. Remember it's... Jotaro put himself into prison because an evil spirit abruptly manifested. Yes. And then Holly got sick because she had no fighting spirit because she was a weak woman. Mm-hmm. We can never forget that. Mm. Even though the story kind of did. <laughs> never saw her again. Yep, not once. Not once. So then we get a very weird cut to the Kane and Lynch motherfucker who's yeah. not, who may or may not be the KKK. David Productions didn't either confirm nor deny. <laughs> uh, who is like, hey, you. Who's chasing me through this, this silent hill level? <laughs> These dark, <laughs> decrepit corridors. With, like, a bunch of doors either yeah. side. And he's like, hey, you. Who's, who's chased me into the House of Leaves? <laughs> hey, you. You're that guy who wanted the investigation done. But it's not. It's Wes. So then he's like, oh, well, I'll just pull out a gun and shoot him. Oh, no, my arm's collapsing into snails. Ah! And then Weather Report is all like, tell hey. me everything. He's all like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Why do these snails keep happening, he asks. He's like, I don't know. I don't have that answer. You're weird, man. You said that Perla's brother asked you to split us up. Is that true? I can't remember if he says yes or no to he that. He doesn't one. answer. His arm just gets contorted by snails and he blows his brains out. That's right. Then Weather picks up the gun, getting his fingerprints nicely on it, <laughs> tries to shoot himself in the head, but all the bullets are wet. The <gasps> gunpowder is drenched. Oh my God. He can't kill himself. He was <laughs> like, I knew it. I fucking I knew it. He says, damn, I knew it. I can't die. Uh, and the narrator tells us that he previously tried to throw himself off the cliff, but the wind blew him into the cliff face, which seems like that would still probably kill you. No, it left um, him perfectly unharmed. And he tried to drown himself, but the tides pushed him back out. Ah, classic. And when he tried to shoot himself, everything just got soaked. Yep. 
Uh, there's another quote here about his revenge that I want to pull. Oh, he does scream to the sky dramatically about why can't he die to be with Perla. It's a very good scream. And the narrator tells us, His anger was one of despair. His vengeance spread to all, not just to the townspeople. <laughs> On the fourth night, a horde of snails swarmed the town. And we see that same phenomena. Why snails? Where did they come from? No one knew. The only one who understood was Father Pucci, who was in hospital. He just woke up in a hospital bed for some reason, but... I like, so he's, the snail phenomenon is going on and I'm just noticing that in the corner of the room is a distinctly human-shaped patch of snails on the wall. That's a Junji Ito-esque image right there. Yes. So they have a midnight showdown. He, he, basically, Father Pucci gets up and is like, these snails, if they're coming towards my arm, it means I have to kill yeah. my brother. He's still got Perla's disc and he looks at that. He's like, this is my motivation. Yeah, I have to kill my brother. It's all been leading to this. I'll do whatever it takes and then I'll go see my friend Dio. Ah, that makes sense. That makes sense. If anyone can tell me why people meet, it's him. <laughs> and we get a beautiful shot of Dio's eye gazing into your own. Sinister bisexuality. <laughs> Sinister or just beautiful? Mm. Mm. Embrace it. Mm. Do it. Do it now. <laughs> He's too dangerous to be left alive. He's too dangerous to be left single? Hmm. Uh, they're both understandably mad at each other. Well, I mean... One of them's mad at yes. the other one. The other one's just like, you ruined everything. It's like, you didn't die when you were meant to. And I'm your brother. What? Real soap opera reveal there. Anyway, yep. time for me to destroy you. They have they briefly throw their stands at each other, but uh, Pucci pretty effortlessly pulls out the disc. And his memories are now with him. Um, and he's all like, you're Quote. going to prison now. Yeah. <laughs> Quote, now die and take those rainbows with you. A man with no memories is basically dead. Yeah. I'll trap you in a cage. Uh, the cage of having no memories and also the literal cage of prison. Mm. Which we don't really know why he went to prison in the anime. But well, he did kill that guy. Which guy? Oh, Lynch. that guy. Yeah, I guess maybe they saw his fingerprints or something. On the gun, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. What about the snails? What about them? Did they link the snails back to Weather Report, do you reckon? I doubt it. Who would, who would ever think of such a thing? Here well, that, would re- that would require some sort of magical powers, the likes of which small-town Florida has never seen. That's true. That is true. They only have cryptids there. Back in the present, um, mm-hmm. Weather has determined that his only interest is settling the score with his dear departed brother, Pucci. And as soon as he realises he has his memories back, it's like, I thought we were going to go see Jolene. I'm only see. I want to see Jolene with her. And Weather's all like, no, 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 that's fruitless, all right? They're all going to die. I need you to be here so that I can kill Pucci and then you can kill me. See, it's all about... Why is that the case? Because he wants to die because Pearl is dead, I guess? That, and because it's like, if you're 14 years old, man, being edgy is cool. And this is the edgiest thing you can do. He's still mentally 16. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, yeah... He's on that murder-suicide rampage and there is no stopping him. Meanwhile, the protagonists... Uh, uh, Jolene... ...getting attacked by snail-eaten bugs but are stealing a car and are going to drive over to Poochie. So I love this bit because Jolene punches out all the bugs inside the car mm-hmm. and then they all hop in the car and what's his name who got turned into a snail? Um, versus? Yeah, Versus. We get a shot of him as the beetles come towards him... And then we never see him <laughs> he again. He was never seen again. And it's just like, oh, so I guess he's getting eaten then. All right, then. Leaving only his shell. Yeah. 
And so then uh, they're like, great, everyone get in. The Beatles are getting in the car. We're going to oh, drive. Oh, no, you told everyone in. to get in. That includes the Beatles. <laughs> oh, no. And I can't tell them to get out. We're now. just here to play the music. <laughs> God damn it. I hate that so much. So you then you love um, it. You love my jokes. Oh. So then he uh he uh Jolene is like, we're gonna get eaten, but we're gonna drive, we're gonna do them at the same time, we're gonna get eaten on the way, we're gonna drive there, we're gonna get there on time, we're gonna meet with Anasui in weather, we're gonna save the day, we're gonna kill Father Pucci, we're gonna get it done. Let's get the hell out of here. And they just drive off into the sunset. Well, the supposed sunset. Yeah. Nick, I have a little treat for the end of the episode before our usual segments. Okay. This is an interview with <gasps> Japanese animator Yuki Kikuchi. Okay. Who worked on the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure animation adaptation mm. uh, about the process of working on it. Ooh. Tell me more. Little, uh, little throwback to the episodes we used to do on the Patreon, the Araki interviews. Oh, God, they were so good. <clears throat> How was working on the JoJo anime adaptation? The first thing I wanted to do after becoming an animator was work on Jojo. So it was the first job I personally asked for. They were very pleased with my work in episode 5 on the John Gallier A beatdown. So I was responsible for keyframes for a few future episodes and my impressive work led to me becoming the first time in my career an animation director. <laughs> Someone's got to draw them, Nick. Someone has to draw the John Gallier A beatdown. Yeah. <sighs> Out of the episodes you worked on, which had the most difficulties? Episode 12. I had to draw so, so many frogs for the scene where frogs are falling from the sky. And that really left an impression on me. Amazing. I drew a lot of frogs, both as keyframe artist and animation director. Hmm. What is your number one most favourite episode out of the ones you worked on? It's episode 22 with Jolie and Father Pucci's handcuffed deathmatch scene. Ah, uh, yeah. good fight. I think it's composition and uniqueness led to the scene being used in the trailer. Uh, skipping around a bit, what's your favourite Jojo part? Part 4, Yoshikage Kira and Rohan Kishibe were my favourites. A man of high taste. Favourite fight is Bucciarati versus Prosciutto. Yep. And in part 6, the upcoming Father Pucci versus Weather Report. <gasps> oh my god, who would have seen it coming? Mm. Mm. In the future, would you like to work on an work? In the future, would you like to work on an Araki work from before Jojo? This is still undecided, but when the time comes where David Production inevitably adapts part seven into an anime, I want to lend a hand in it. Ooh. So it's not, not the question he was asked, but that's a nice tasty <laughs> foreshadowing. Amazing. Uh, three more questions. Okay. What is your favourite episode in Jojo's? Part four's Let's Go Eat Some Italian Food. Fucking goddammit. It's the episode Tonio Trussardi appears in. Is it now? <laughs> an ominous atmosphere perme permeates, an permeates an episode where there's delicious food to enjoy. Josuke stays on guard while Tonio is simply just preparing yummy food. <laughs> I, just, I just love that, like, the animator, of course, he's like, I just like the tension that comes mm. from making food that you don't know what they're putting in it, but it's just good. Just good, wholesome Italian cooking. Are you reading the original manga? I'm caught up through part six and I'm carrying on currently reading part seven. I reread part seven recently. It holds up. You did or he did? I did. Oh. And of course, I am reading The Jojo Lands. The Jojo Lands. Otherwise known as Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 9. Oh. The Jojo Lands. The Jojo Lands. Do we like... Does it become like there are now so many people with the birthmarks on their backs that we had to put them all into amusement <laughs> we parks? We had to put them in a special prison island. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, what is it? Is it Dead Man Wonderland? It's like um, Player Unknown's Battleground. Yes. 
Like, so everyone here has a stand and they need to die. And if you kill someone, you can take their stand power <gasps> and add it to... Actually, that reminds me. Um, Final Fantasy XIV, mm-hmm. uh, of course, has the... Uh, Final Fantasy's iconic Blue Mage class, which is characterised yep. by stealing enemies' attacks and using them as spells. Yep. And they've talked in the past about playing around with the idea of doing a um, Blue Mage PvP mode that's like a... Um, uh, what's the, what's the what's the what are those games called? Fortnites and player unknown oh, battlegrounds. Oh, like a battle royale. Yeah, like a battle royale. Yeah. Where your blue mages spawn in in the arena. They can go and find monsters to steal the spells, steal the spells, off and then fight each other, and then steal each other's spells. Yeah, oh, that'd, that'd be, be a lot fun. of fun. Yeah. Though I don't think they've ever ex- they've ever like put any serious dev time into yeah. it. It's just something they've played around with. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. What is your favorite stand? It's Metallica. Long ago, a friend showed me my foot. Phone, my phone company's contact name in their cell phone. I learned that my name was registered as Risotto Nero. And ever since, Risotto has become a special character to me. What? The stand he has, Metallica, is also super strong, and I love the fact that he went through great effort to track down Doppio, and thus, the boss. Huh. A friend showed me my phone number's contact name in their cell phone, and I was down as Risotto Nero. Why would he be down as Risotto Nero? Well, if I was asking myself, which one of my friends is most at large? <laughs> I have a special affection for Risotto Nero based on that recurring joke from our podcast. That's the only thing I remember about Risotto Nero, is that he was like, I have to hunt them down. But the fact but, that he was still at large after all that time, yeah. like, he did like nothing. <laughs> but without that... He would be nothing. Yeah, like it's. I mean, he was he was even less of a presence in the manga, where I'm pretty sure, if I recall correctly, he only showed up at that fight. It's so weird. Like what? Anyway, that's the interview. I've got a couple more of these to get through. I've got a couple specifically relating to the end of Stone Ocean and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but I've got a couple more that we might get to along the way if I remember. (laughs) But for now, Nick, what were our highlights this episode? My highlight would. Have to be, I want to say it's actually just going to have to be the absolute grim, like, the KKK comes after Perla and Weather Report scene. Because it just sort of, it came out of nowhere how dark it was going to get. Tweeting out that Nick's favourite moment (laughs) of this episode was the KKK. And three, two, one, (laughs) cancelled. But it's like, that whole section is actually like, damn, this is... We're just taking, like, a weird trip into, like, American noir for a moment. And, like, the Mm. weird, like, shooter level that we see Wes fighting that guy in afterwards. It's just, it's like we're in a different show for a little bit. Yeah, and you're just like, why the fuck did it get so dark so quickly? But then, of course, then it's like, and then after she threw herself off a cliff, we're back to Jojo. (laughs) He's running through and he's like... Screaming at the sky. Why did I become a priest? All that was missing, really, was Perla's golden ghost ascending to heaven. (laughs) And just being like... Save me. It's like, oh my god, I can save her. Well, as long as he's got her memory, she's still alive. And he does, of course, have her memory as a magical disc that he keeps on as his As a very literal physical <laughs> object. What if he ever puts that into people just to speak to his sister one last time? Oh, Jesus. Your highlight? My highlight would have to be uh, the meeting with Dio Brando in the Ossuary. And even more specifically, him flying away into the darkness at the end. Such a dumb sequence. So good. Yeah. Low lights. I reckon my low light is probably going to just be when we go back to Anasui and Weather Report. And he's just like, no, I have to kill my brother. Then you have to kill me. <laughs> it's like, 
What? <laughs> Wait, since when was that? A, what? Why? Well, he tried, what? Tried, to, tried to kill himself multiple times before. I know, but it's a bit like... Wait, 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 why? Hang on, but what? It, what? This, this is... Okay, we've just done all this stuff and now you're unveiling that instead of being like, Anasui, I can trust you, let's go. I'm gonna tell you on the way mm -hmm. instead of being all like, I'm just gonna walk. Now we'll unveil all this <laughs> stuff. And it's like, what? It was just like very weird pacing of, of that whole bit, mm. I guess. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking, okay. It's a good episode. <laughs> I picked that bit because I couldn't think of anything else. I think my low light is the placement of this flashback. The placement? As much oh. as I enjoy everything in it, it really does kind of break the momentum of the snail apocalypse we're currently dealing with. Mm. You do kind of forget until the end of the episode. It's like, oh yeah, there's snails now. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I guess it would be kind of hard to... Well, not You would have hard. to make changes to how this is all told to, like, you couldn't just move it 100% as it is from the, the middle of this fight to, you know, either before it or after it. You would have to make corresponding changes to the story. Yeah. But I think either of those may have suited it better. Yeah, if it was just like... The overall structure, that is to say. Yeah, if it was you can't give him back his memories... You just can't, and then Father Pucci walks away, and he's all like, "I only remember." And then it goes into the flashback. Or even if, even work. if we were explicitly experiencing this as Weather's memories rushing back to him, that mm. could be cool. Yeah, exactly. It's like you wouldn't have to, um, you wouldn't have to change it much, but it'd just be like, "Oh yeah, we're not just gonna stop the snail bit because that's weird." Mm. And when you come back to it, it's like, "Whoa, okay, we have snails." Well, Nick, normally at this point in the episode, I give you a recap of where we're at mm -hmm. and ask you what will happen next. However, nothing has changed since last episode <laughs> when I did that. Yep. Um, so I suppose what I will ask you is, given we now know that Father Pucci is traumatised by uh, the unintended consequences of people's actions, yep. what do you think his whole deal is? So here's, okay, so I have a, a much better theory on what's going to happen. Sure. So you know how I said Yoshikage Kira and like Groundhog Day kind of thing has already been done? Yes. What if we did it again? Okay. Okay. But this time we're going to like do it much bigger. Nick's doing a big rotating and squishing motion with like, his hands. Like. Which is causing his chair to creak. Yeah. And I think the microphone's probably picking it up. So like time is difficult to physically show. Um, like the big wheel they turned on Lost. The wheel of time. Oh, oh, in the titular wheel of time. That's th that's this this here. This is the wheel of time. He's doing like sort of horizontal steering. Stop moving. I'm trying. The wheel of time needs to turn. Um, the wheel of time is turning. Rebel one, fight. fight. Uh, so, or it would be challenge, wouldn't it? Be, I don't care. Uh, so, I reckon there's going to be the 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 crux of what he wants to do is to either going to like bring back his sister. He's got that disc, apparently. He does have the disc, but I don't think it's going to be a matter of, oh, I'm going to attain heaven and pull her back. Uh -huh. You know, like... I'm going to uh, attack and dethrone God to bring my sister back. Yeah, basically. It's like, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be more like, we're going to go back in time to the point where I fucked up and just change everything or something like that. Well, Nick, this kind of raises the broader question of that the narrator was... Um, Asking us this episode. Who committed the sin? Is the point that someone fucked up the point that he hired that investigator? Or is it when mm. that woman switched the babies? Or is it when his parents decided to have twins? Well, this is the thing. Is it going to be like... Decided to have twins. <laughs>
Is it, is it going to be like, no matter how far back you go, you can't change fate? No one's without sin. Because of original sin. <laughs> <laughs> the narrator is a chump. He doesn't get it, man. What, so, like, what if it's... What if it's something like he wants to... Or maybe it's something like attaining heaven is circumventing fate. But no matter what you do, you still can't really escape the eventuality of like, well, your sister has to die. You know? Like, Yoshikage Kira's Groundhog Day is a bit different because it just went back like three days. But he couldn't remember anything. What's-his-name could remember, I think? The the kid? Um, Hayato. Yeah, Hayato could remember, I think. Yeah, I because he was the host for Bites the Dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he could remember what was going on, but maybe Father Pucci, whenever he goes back, he'll remember, oh, I need to fix this this time to make it better. But when he does that, inevitably it still ends up being the same. You know, there like, are inevitably oh. more unforeseen consequences. Exactly. Where it's like, oh, well, they or did. the timeline corrects itself. Yeah. They didn't get together, but then they did eventually anyway, you know, in secret this time. Right. So, and he's like, wait, that's not right. That can't happen. How am I going to fix it? Well, I can't get the mob to do it. I'll just do it myself. And then accidentally somehow, like... Pearl will still jump off a lake or something, and it's like... Jump off a were, lake. You were my brother. I can't believe you did this. And yeah. He's like, I did it for your own good. And it's like, no, and then, you know. All right. Stuff like that is still probably going to happen. But I don't know if it's going to be a matter of he goes back in time, or he just changes one thing, but he's still at the current point in time. Yeah. And he's like, I changed that thing, but why hasn't anything changed? Why isn't Pearl back? Well, we'll find out, I suppose. Yeah. Um, there are eight episodes remaining of Stone Ocean by my count. Ooh. Maybe seven. Um, how's that new theme song coming along, Nick? Oh, my God. <laughs> every t- So literally every time. I open up FL Studio and I'm like, yep, I'll give it a go. Oh. <laughs> every single time. Making things is hard. So good then. Oh. It's even worse now that... Because work has been hectic. Mm-hmm. Um, so every time I get home, I'm like... I understand you're now working to the provisional deadline of our last Stone Ocean episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh. Well, look forward to that, listeners, and look forward to next time on JoJo's World where we finally see how all this snail nonsense plays out. But what until if, then... What if we're the snail? To, to be, be continued. continued.